Uh, did we come up with a name yet? No. The mood? Hey everyone, and welcome to the mood. He's in a mood. I'm in a mood. This is a podcast about everything basketball. I'm Christian Urban with my brother Randy, and our third member of the team is Mike DiGiorgio. All right, I'm calling Mike. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice messaging system. Four, one, six. All right, try again in a few minutes. Oh, Mike's calling now. He's saving the first show. Mike. Okay. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hey, dog. <laughs> how you doing, Mike? That's not my name. <laughs> Where are you? I'm at home. Oh, yeah? Baby duty? Me and Sebastian. What's he doing right now? He just finished eating. Megan just got home, too. Okay. So you got some time to talk? Yeah. Uh, you, don't say, you don't sound like it. <laughs> That's how that is. This is the first show. You turn in the background? A little yeah. bit, yeah. But it's he's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I wrote down on this little makeshift schedule that to do some introductions, we would give two things about it ourselves. Okay, go, Mike. You first. Wait, what are, what are we talking about? Here's Just give us two things. Thing? It's an introduction. Give me two things about you. This is bullshit. Chris Wins. <laughs> Is this a swearing? Are we swearing or no swearing? Just me. <laughs> I don't know. We're undecided on swearing. Can just we... a half. Just a half. Okay, Mike, go. Two things about you that the public wants to know. I like to watch lots of basketball, and I'm very opinionated about basketball. Indeed hey, you are. Chris, you go. Mike, I have one question for you. Who are the top players in the history of the game, one and two? Are we, we going to start this right away? <laughs> just, no. just a quick answer. LeBron and Michael Jordan. Wrong again. Okay, so Randy, go on. <laughs> My two things are, um, this is a stupid question. I don't know why I, I, don't know why I did that. Okay, let's get I Mike played basketball at a level not the same as Mike, but he was way better and played longer than me. We both played for the University of Toronto, and I was a 24-year-old rookie, and Mike was a 19-year-old rookie. And Chris beats me in basketball still. Uh, that was my fact. The only reason I'm here is because I have a winning record against Randy. 976,000 to 60. It's <laughs> pretty close. To 60? Yeah. Jeez. All right. Let's start. Okay. So Randy sent me a list of things here. We're going to talk about James Harden first. I was kind of surprised that James Harden wanted out. Were you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the whole organization is... is planned around him and his schedule and his antics like maybe it's just he's sick of the owner maybe he, he wants to change the scenery maybe there's better strip clubs in better places i don't know he's got his number retired in, in the ones in houston so on to new and better things <laughs> but isn't it not that surprising considering they switched general managers like why are we surprised the guy that took over is one of d'antoni's uh not d'antoni's daryl morey's guys oh so, like, okay that knows. It, there's, there's some continuity there okay um, what do you make of the report? Uh, the report that he, you know, it happens on every team. So I think, especially if you're a high-level star, you you get preferential treatment over others. But then, at the same time, you got to back it up. You got to win because if you don't win, then you know the guys are like, "Why are we giving this guy preferential treatment for him to come out and shoot for seventeen in a game seven? 
you know, or to disappear in the fourth quarter when you need it in game four, you know, like that, that, that if you're winning, I think it cures all. It's interesting because there's a lot of people on Twitter that are saying, I don't want him on my team. Well, the, the, the problem with him is he doesn't fit a system. He is the system, right? So okay. he's never won. But Mike, so his system isn't the same as other people's. But my thing is he's a basketball player before anything. So he knows how to pass. He knows how to run an offense. He knows how to get things moving. He's just been stuck in this D'Antoni offense of kind of watch this guy shake and bake a little bit. Well, I don't know. That's his style. D'Antoni No, but uh, before that was his style, he was a basketball player that didn't do that, that played, you know, more or less the right way, right? So it's not like he didn't... That's- he can't relearn that. It's, he didn't unlearn how to play properly, or as we call properly. That's, that's a fair, it's a fair assessment, I think. I think what you don't know, you don't know how he's going to act, though, as a $43 million a year guy coming into an established system. Whereas a guy like Bradley Beal will, you know, he's a better off-ball player. He controls the offense a little bit on the dribble, but, you know, he plays both ends. It, it's a it's a little bit more of a seamless fit than it is with Harden, where he's going to command the ball thirty to forty percent of the time. Yeah, you're talking about a guy who, you know, is a massive star right now, and he wasn't always a star. He had you know an upside early on in his career, but he worked hard. He worked hard well, to, totally. to get where he got. So it's hard for him to like sort of say, okay, well, I'm going to go back to you know being that you know regular everyday player. It's already in his head how much work he's put in to get to where he is. He's not going to just let that go. Like if you look at Phoenix, right? And I know it's early. Phoenix's best players before Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker, their numbers are down this year. But everybody is getting a piece of the pie. So the team is better. I like pie. Six guys in double figures for Phoenix this year. Right. So Harden, if you want to win, you need everybody. Even Kawhi Leonard needed Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Serge Ibaka. Like, he needed all those guys. LeBron, your boy, needs everybody, too. Or doesn't need everybody. Needs somebody. You can't win by yourself. You can't win by yourself. Yeah. But Only Michael Jordan. You can put can. up big numbers, though. You can win MVPs and put up big numbers by yourself. I don't think you can win a championship by yourself, though. Unless you're Michael Jordan. So where does he go? <laughs> Chris is getting... this year, I think. There's no, way, there's no way anybody pulls the trigger. Why there's not? No way, I feel like a well, big trade not... is brewing. Wait, wait. Yeah, really? Mike, you don't think anybody's looking to, to add him? Okay, so Brooklyn probably would have. But with Dinwiddie getting hurt, they're out now. Well, okay. So they're, they're I'm not trading Harden for Dinwiddie and wait, wait, one pick and Let the man sliver. I don't, think, I don't think so either. But but they could have they could have put the mother load of picks. They could have gave gave up six picks, so okay. three picks and three pick swaps. So I think that's the key. Um, Houston started off okay, so they're not in a rush. You know who's the next one? Philly, Philly's first in the East. They're the only one lost team in the NBA. They're not going to give up Simmons for Harden right now. Haven't played good teams. Yeah, I agree. But like, who else is in the running here? Orlando? Like, why would Orlando trade for Jim, James Harden for him to leave in two years? Like, could, could Sacramento do anything? Could Sacramento do anything? Well, are they going to win the championship with James Harden? No. So why trade for him? So. James Harden is not the guy like Kawhi Leonard in this situation, like Kawhi Leonard was in San Antonio. Well, he might be, but the teams that could use him and automatically win once he gets right. traded to them 
they're few and far between, especially because you've got to match 43 million in contract in, in salary. You know, Kawhi was only what, 27, mm-hmm. 26. It was a lower, it was a lower number, right? So you've got to send back 43 million. That's, that's a hefty price plus draft picks, you know? So he, like he turned down the extension, which was 50 yeah, million. Get another one. What? He knows he'll get another one. I, but even 50 if it's million. Not 50, even if it's not 50, he knows he'll get another one. Sorry, I zoned in, out there. In that range. Who turned down 50 million? He turned down a two-year $50 million a year extension. James Harden? year $100 million. Oh, my yeah. God. Chris, you had your hand up? Yeah, I was raising my hand there. Um, <laughs> I just sort of want to go back to what you guys were initially talking about with regards to could he resort back to, you know, the playmaker, the guy who, you know, came into the league – Non-ball hog player. He's not a ball hog, but he's the one who wants to make the assist as opposed to being a ball mover Yeah, like Lowry, yeah. who, you know, finishes with five assists last night, but the ball moves when he's on the court. Yeah. And so do you think the fact that he plays like that is, is off-putting to teams looking to, to... Yeah, 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 for sure. So They, they, have, to, they have to weigh the risk. So if also the fact that he's never won, that yeah. he doesn't show up in right. the big games. That, that, that weighs on people, too. So if you're James Harden, you have to be aware of your own reputation in the league, right? He knows um, this. There's he is, enough people no, that are going to take a risk. Handily. He wins MVP. He's happy. So he does not. Opinion. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's enough people because that if, want to take if, a risk. Because if he wasn't happy doing that, then he would move off the ball and he would play defense. Sure. He, he's made a bit of a conscious effort to play better defense yeah. in the last couple yeah, of years, I think. Maybe. But it, it, their system is completely like built around him, so they switch everything just so that he can he doesn't have to fight through screens, right? But now that they actually have a big guy, like they can't switch everything. So if you watched the game last night, they just put him in a bunch of screens, and Tim Hardaway had thirty. So, Mike, what do you think happens? Sense. What do you think happens with James Harden this year? He's staying. He's staying. Off season, he might get traded because the leverage. They're on the clock a little bit, um, especially if they if they don't do well. Yeah, but then don't you lose less leverage because then you've got them for the team that trades for him has them for one year, potentially only. Like, well, they would only trade him to a team where he would extend. I think, like he 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 has his list, and they trade him to one of those teams for a lesser draft pick package. Does anybody? Teams are waiting on Beal too. Teams are like the good teams are waiting on Beal Mm. to see what he says. They're two and five, like. Does he ask for a trade soon? If they, if they do, they want him more than they want Harden, in my opinion. Do you have to give more to get Beal? Um, no. I think you might have Beal to give Beal only has one more year. Beal's still a young guy, right? Yeah. What do you mean he has one, one Harden more year? 31. I believe he's 27. I, I, I always think that Beal's like 32 or 33. Because I just keep I on hearing it around these, Yeah, these trade rumors. What do you mean Beal's got one more year? He signed an extension. I'm going to look it up. Bradley Beal opted to extend his career in Washington with a two-year, $72 million contract extension that keeps him in the nation's capital through at least the end of 2022 with a player option for the following year. I guess you're right, Mike. Or were you right? No, yeah. no, no. One more year than I thought. Okay. So he has two more years. You were right. Um, After sure. this season, obviously. Uh, should we move on then? Or Yeah, okay. let's go. Uh, topic number two, the Clippers. Need a, need a Paul George. What does that mean? Yeah, they have Paul George. I didn't say that. 
What does it say? <laughs> Need a point guard. Oh. I okay. So my thing with the, with the Clippers is. <laughs> Go on. My thing with the Clippers is that they can't win it without a point guard. Agreed. I, I think that I know people love um, Patrick Beverly. I don't. I don't. I don't think. No. He, I think he's a piece uh, off the bench. I think he's good for that disruptive type of nature. He can. He can hit a couple of threes. You know that sort of thing, but I saw him try to guard Luka Doncic. I know there's a there's a huge height disparity there, but you're not a defensive stopper if every time Doncic at a medium pace gets by you and scores or gets fouled. That's just to me. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think he's overrated. I've never really fouled every single time. Right. And 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 good players take advantage of that. And you know he tries super hard, and he's a good feel good story. Like, sorry, you're not that good. Like mm-hmm. they're going to leave you open. You foul every play and put them in bonus, including full court fouls that are like the dumbest plays in basketball. When you're in the bonus, you foul the guy in the backcourt to free throws. Like, you know, he can't, he's not young anymore. So he doesn't guard the quick, um, like good players very well. And he's always hurt. Mm-hmm. So like, that means you've got to play Lou will. And Lou will is obviously a uh, target in the postseason. So then, where do you go then? Canard? Well, I, like I think Canard's a better scorer than he is a point guard. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is, I don't really trust Paul George in the playoffs until he actually does something. So until yeah. that day, like, you know, I'm down on them. Uh, what did you think about Paul George coming out and, and saying that Doc Rivers didn't put him in the right spots? Something to that? It would have helped if he had looked up his stats before he had said that. Because everybody just clowned him because he was completely wrong, right? Like, he, he said that, oh, Doc tried to use him off-ball a ton. Last year, he used the most pick-and-rolls he has in his entire career. Um, so, you know, he was just flat-out wrong about that and, you know, obviously trying to pass the blame to other people instead of just accepting it. And, and I think that's why he gets the brunt of what he's getting instead of just saying, look, man, I didn't play well. Like, why don't I just play better? Like, that's going to be the key. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why nobody trusts him. He's always trying to pass the blame. And the, and the funny thing is, him being that way has probably sheltered Kawhi a little bit from a lot of the blame in the blown lead last year. Because Kawhi mm-hmm. was just as bad as him, oh, but nobody ever yeah, said anything about for that. For sure, totally. I, 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 I tend to think that the Paul George not clutch is overblown. I just don't like, I just don't like that narrative about guys that are that good. I, I like Paul George as a person. I think he's I, – I saw him against the Raptors when he was with the Pacers up close, and that's one of the best two-way players in the game. Played well even in that series. So for me, it's not fair to say that he's not a performer. Well, I think what it comes down to is the game, the end of the series games. Yeah. And he called himself, I guess he brings it on himself a little bit with the playoff P moniker. Like he made, he called himself that. And then, mm. you know, in OKC went right. one of 18 or something crazy in the game, in that game six against Utah. Right. Um, like he, he's had his clunkers after his big, big talk, you know? So. Do you think uh, Kawhi Leonard's reputation as sort of like this Jordan-esque kind of player is uh has sort of been disrupted now, considering that performance in Game 7? Well, I, I thought it had been disrupted a long time ago, but that was just me. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, um, why? 
Well, every, the the narrative is that he carried Toronto. Like I don't see that at I, all. He carried us in like three games in I, the Philly series. I, so I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Like when you look like at in Milwaukee, Fred yeah. Fred wins us the series against oh, Milwaukee. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I absolutely I agree that he needed those guys, but they needed him just as much, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, they all absolutely. need each other, yeah, but because you know those moments in Golden State where you're tied at one in the series, you're playing the in Golden State, the crowd's going crazy, you've built up a lead of, of 14, Golden State's starting to make a run, it's now nine, but then Kawhi comes down and gets fouled. Yeah, Clock he stops. Slows the game down. He yeah, knows how to do that. That type of stuff. For sure, Rand. But is, you can't, you know. The you carry, get, the carry moniker is, is what I, what I you'll fight back against a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that 100%. I want to talk about Portland because Chris and I watched them a little bit, and uh, and we were just talking about Dam- Damian Lillard. Um, they're, I, they're in trouble. Yeah, they can't guard anybody. That's right. the problem. They yeah. can't guard anybody. They have to. They have to pick up Damian CJ. They have to. It's 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 an impossible pairing. Even though they're so good offensively, they have to break them up because they can't match anybody on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, they don't look any different defensively than they did in the playoffs last year. And I was saying to Randy, it's sort of funny that I'm sure they watch footage after the game. I'm wondering if all these players are just sitting there thinking like, oh, yeah, let's keep doing what we're doing. Like, do they not see that they don't operate like, you know, some of the top tier teams? They tried to upgrade, but the the, the main issue that they're always going to run into is Damon TJ. Mm-hmm. That's, been the, that's been the same thing since however long they've been together. It's always been they, – they've cycled through a bunch of defensive wings that couldn't shoot, and now they have Covington, who's a defensive wing who can shoot, and it's still not working. So, like, the only the only constant in all that has been Damon CJ. And, like, they're going to win you some games because they, they go out and put up 130 on you. But at the same time in the playoffs, you know, when teams can focus a little bit, they'll just attack them constantly. And, you know, when you're that small in the backcourt with – non-plus defenders so like for instance Lowry and Fred are plus defenders so you know you can take advantage of that a little bit now in this iteration can we beat the Lakers no they have to beat the Lakers and I don't think they can so yeah I mean so you you guys are saying that both guys are just abysmal on defense and you can't have two guards that are not abysmal they're not abysmal but like they're just meh okay yeah like they're a dark horse hardened trade. Yeah. So or, CJ? To be honest, I'll tell you I'll tell you who is a dark they're a dark horse Draymond Green destination if Golden State is out of it this year. Mm. Did you watch the Golden State game last night? Sacramento or Portland game? Sacramento. Yeah, I watched it. what did you think about Sacramento Sacramento's a gong show. Yeah. They're a gong show right now. Okay. Fair enough. I Bagley's just... dad, Bagley's dad and Rashawn Holmes's mom are having a Twitter beef. Um, Wait, were you were you uh, are you a little bit impressed by Golden State or? Yeah, I mean, I I think with Draymond Green for me, they they. That I'm asking up, Mike. That, <laughs> I'm on the Randy podcast too. I'm just kidding. That, that, for me, that's a, that opens up. You know, a lot, he's been clowned a little bit the last you know year or so that he's just not that good. He's a you know. Barkley and them calling him a single, single guy or, you know, triple, but, single. triple single. But for me, he, he does so many things well and so many things right. And he's got this great connection with Steph uh, on oh, how, sure. how to get him open, what to do. 
And then it seems like now Kelly Oubre's game has been elevated. Andrew Wiggins' game has been elevated. He just brought something different to that team when he came back. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh-huh. I mean, let, let's see them beat somebody good. Right. You know, they got the Clippers tomorrow. Um, let's see if everybody's all happy-go-lucky after those games. But, like, yeah, you're right, you know. They're four guys deep, that team. Who are those so, four? Well, Steph, Draymond, and Brian Wiggins. You're not putting Wiseman in that four? No, Wiseman. Wiseman, yeah, as a rookie, you, you know, he's going to put up some counting stats. But, right. you know, there, there's a clip last night of Draymond jumping around because, like, the guys don't know what's going on on the court. Right. Did you see that clip? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He's jumping the ball up the court, and there's a bunch of guys <laughs> just running around in circles, basically, and he's jumping, yeah. t- trying to tell them where to go. Um he was going nuts. Like, like yeah. that was the key to the to the Golden State teams that were really good. Is they just had everything. They were seamless. You know, they yeah. come down. They know exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you watch when you watch their film, they're just a second late on a lot of stuff that they normally get for Steph, mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. And Draymond helps them. Then it, it's no surprise that Draymond comes back and Steph is better. Like that's not a surprise to me at all. But can they get five guys on the same page against a good team that hones in and can really defend? You know, I don't know. Well, Steve Kerr has a good system, though, eh? Oh, like, I think so. It's, it's, yeah. But I was just thinking that Steph is the more arguably the greatest shooter in the game right now, and uh, it's amazing. He still looks uh, unselfish, completely unselfish. He dominates the game offensively, but he's such a willing passer too. And uh, everybody gets on the same boat with the t- the coach, and they just they look good. I like I like Steph. I think there's I think the, the sort of the washed up talk and all that kind of stuff is just bullshit. Let's move on to fantasy. This will be our last topic. I know oh, you got God. two kids at home. Um, Chris is. <laughs> I hate fantasy. Oh, come on, Chris. It's oh, fuck. So I can't stand it. <sighs> what don't you like about you're it? Just a, but you're an actor. You because love fantasy. So, uh, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. What do you want to talk about with fantasy? So here's one thing that I love to talk about. The overreaction to guys in fantasy drafts, like specifically. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I'll give you a, a great example. Yusuf Nurkic, okay? Don't, let's this not talk guy, about that. Why, you have him? I mean, I was not there for the beginning of the draft, so he was my, my first pick in the, in the keeper league. Well, I, why weren't you there for the beginning of the draft? Because I was on the couch. And then <laughs> your brother texted me and said, are you, you drafted or no? And it was eight minutes in. I had missed my first two picks. And they auto-drafted. You second pick? I second. think it was somebody good because I wanted them. No, it definitely wasn't. I actually sure. like your team. Yeah, they got some... some good. You, you, got a little, you got a little spice to you now. Yeah, but I made the mistake of, of, of drafting LaMelo Ball and then canning him for Darius Garland right away where I should have canned him for Aldridge. I've got Porzingis who's still injured. My second guy was Aldridge. Those were my two guys. Aldridge and Nurkic. That's bad. But Aldridge was ranked high. Aldridge was ranked high. A lot of people were high on him. Um, But like guys like that who like, oh, this is the year he's going to break out. Like I never like those guys. I just don't like like if you have a tw- like people were drafting Nurkic over Vucevic and like that's just crazy crazy to me. Like Vucevic is the, the one of the most solid guys you could ever have. Mm-hmm. 
goes out, gives you 20 and 10, a couple threes, you know, good percentages. And he just, like, the solidness of him is just, like, refreshing. Now, you don't ever look at his line and be like, whoa, that, that's amazing. Like, some of those other guys can do that. But then they also have the duds where you're like, why did I draft this guy? Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that uh, I like to talk about those guys. Um, you know, Shy, Shy falls into that a little bit this year. People are drafting him in the second round. Like, whoa, Nelly on that one. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, I like that. I like that initially. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I thought his potential was, was pretty high. Right. But second Chris, round. Did you just like fall asleep? <laughs> Chris had his eyes closed, Mike. Good thing we're not on Zoom, eh, Chris? <laughs> Actually, it reminds me. Um, what do you think about Ja Morant? He's really good. But do they need th- shooting around him. Do you think he's Chris one of a- the most talented players in the NBA right now? No. Uh, no? But really? I like and his athleticism. Well, like, that, he's like a young D Wade. He's a, he's a young D Wade. I think he's, he's a, a yeah. I, I'd say, like I was, I was thinking Allen Iverson. Mm, yeah, yeah. He doesn't shoot as much as Iverson though. Iverson was just one of those guys that was like shot a ton, but like in his era, that that was how it was. Like the volume yeah, of shooters. No, like, for sure. That was good. I just think the way he moves, but he's also taller. He's got a massive. That's actually kind of vertical. Good. I mean, I like the way he, you know, the oh. finesse, the body movement. It just sort of reminds me of Iverson. That's um, actually kind of interesting that you said Dwayne Wade and Chris said Iverson because if you really wanted to, to it's probably a, a collection of them both. That's what he reminds yeah, me yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the way he drives is definitely D. Wade. Like the way he just crashes into people. Like he jumps, hits people, twirls yeah. a little bit, and then it kind of like – so like that part of his game is D Wade. Yeah. You know, I can see the handle and the smoothness and the like kind of swagger coming up the court is, yeah. is Iverson for sure. And a little Jordan. Just a little bit. <laughs> no, Just but if little. you really watch him, it does. He does resemble a little bit of, of Jordan. You know, bang people. Does anybody not resemble a little bit of Jordan to you? Uh, you? <laughs> well, I think that's a given. <laughs> and me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know uh, what I, I mean, I though, Mike. Like, like, I think I, looked, I think we all looked a little like Jordan at Joe, circa two thousand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just needed a couple cigars. Mike, uh, Mike, Chris, and I were wait, watching. One sec, though. Don't you think like John Morant has a little bit of the Jordan type of of movement? And and no, 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 no. really, eh? Completely okay. different. Completely different. Mm. Take that, Chris. <laughs> Mike, Chris, and I were watching. Uh, this Jordan cigar thing on YouTube, and he basically. Oh, had yeah, him. I heard about that. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. So not a big cigar guy. Not a big cigar guy. Well, you know who say. is Michael Jordan. Guess how oh, many yeah. he has a day. That cost him a season, didn't it? I don't know, four or five at least. Six. Wait, wait, Six. wait, wait. What? What cost him a cigar season? Cigar cost him a season. I couldn't hear that again. What? So in '98, when he retired, he was going to come back. And then supposedly he sliced his hand open using a cigar cutter oh. right before the season started, and that, that's what made him retire. Come on. Where'd you hear that? Look it up. Grace is going to start oh, looking it up. I will look it up on this computer I have in front of me. Wow. But six a, six hmm. a day is a lot. Uh, that is a, a lot. What do you think? He probably drinks the, probably drinks the six of scotch, too. So. Yeah. 
All right. So what's going to be your crutch when you're 55? Oh, I don't know. Chris, think about this because I'm coming to you next. <laughs> Strippers. Uh, I like, uh, you know, I like a good scotch, but I don't think I'd ever go crazy with it. So your crutch, Maybe that's just a, so your crutch is going to be just trying to get my crutch is going to be get, golf, trying to get golf. Will be, golf will be. My my crutch is going to be trying to get Chris to drink. Oh, that'll 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 be a forever a forever crutch. But I got the I got the winning I got the winning hand in that one because ain't, ain't, I was the last guy to get him a drink. So. Ain't gonna happen, Mikey. <laughs> one day it will. One think, day it will, Chris. Mike, will. Mike, this could be our no. ongoing decision no. because Chris actually on the weekend was talking to my dad about wine, and he there was well, a I can get you into some ice wine. There was a level of intrigue. Does it taste like there. root beer? <laughs> a level of intrigue for wine, eh? Be a wine guy. I sort of was thinking like if there was some healthy version of alcohol, wine would fall into that. Red wine. Yeah. If there was was resveratrol. You drink it in excess. You drink it in in moderation. Yeah, what, like four a night? (laughs) One or two glasses won't do you any harm. I'm done with it, though. I I did think about it, and I'm like, "Ah, it's not worth it. I just imagine having that first sip and thinking – Eight years of my life down the drain. Hold on to it at this point. What's that, Mike? I think you're holding you're holding on to that just to hold on to it. There's, there's no reason why you can't have one sip, one glass. Of you're wine. exactly right. I am holding on to it because I want to <laughs> hold on you. to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so does Chris have a drink in the next six months? <laughs> this no, it's is, gotta be this is gotta like, get to the middle of summer on a patio. COVID's done. What about bitters, though? Mike, the bitters. Bitters aren't enough alcohol. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mike, though, listen, I don't know what happened. I had that one bitter, and I was, like, sloshed. (laughs) Chris was so worried his streak was over because the the girl. I think you set the record for most questions about bitters that night. (laughs) But, Mike, you didn't see it the year before. I had a bitter, and it was a mistake, right? She's like, I'll give you something. No, and I'm like. Is there alcohol? Yeah, yeah, just a little. And they could not tell me how much was in it. But I was like just all over the map. And I was hilarious. And I don't know what happened. Eight months. Eight months. Our birthday, Randy. (laughs) That's the goal? (laughs) There's no way. There is no way. All right. I'll I'll, I'll try to work towards that. Can we talk about Michael Jordan? No, we're going to do that next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go anyway. Okay, Mike. We'll chat with you later. Okay, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for all your information. Okay. You bailed me out. Bye-bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs> right. That was that was Mike DiGiorgio. He knows a lot of shit. This has been an Industry Valley Pictures production. <laughs>